This week, come with us if you want to live through Terminator 2, Judgment Day. This is Body Counts and Beer. Welcome to yet another edition of Body Counts and Beer. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. I'm John Rooney from the future. Now you are. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. And today, speaking of the future, we are talking about the 1991 James Cameron classic, Terminator 2, Judgment Day. Guys, we are so on it today. We're crushing it from the from the writer and director of True Lies and the star of Kindergarten Cop and the, the last us, action hero and also the star of Pecker comes, <laughs> comes Terminator Two Judgment Day, a movie about robots and guns and fucking the worst kid in movie history. John, let me get your hot take on Terminator 2. I give it four Terminators in the Molten Lava. Patrick, hot take on Terminator 2. (laughs) I'm going to give it six big metallic shotgun holes. Mark, hot take on Terminator 2. This is 40 minutes of a great movie. (laughs) And 110 minutes of... <laughs> yeah, if you cut out everything and just leave the desert scenes, it's an amazing movie. <laughs> Fuck you! The desert scene? Yeah, oh, and as long as you bookend it with that voiceover narration, <laughs> you got a solid flick, sir. Yeah. If yeah. I, I I never ever in the rest of my life need to see driving footage of street lines <laughs> ever again. But how will you get their metaphor about the future? No, no, I'm just warmed up to go watch Mothman Prophecy. That's how I feel. <laughs> So Terminator 2 Oh It begins with the death of children As many of our movies do So many children die in a nuclear holocaust Flash forward to the future Where apparently Only the skulls of humanity Are left behind The skull is the last thing to uh, fully biodegrade after the nuclear apocalypse. Right, right. That's right. Everyone knows that skulls are made out of that plastic that doesn't melt. They like made... diapers or, or stuff. <laughs> These skulls are made out of pure heavy metal albums, so they just <laughs> never disintegrate. Until they're stepped on by Terminators. Yeah. Brown! <laughs> All of the music in this movie, especially the early part, it sounds just like a hungry ghost. (laughs) It's just like... Slim Jims. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you gotta wait until they get to the present day when they really kick it in gear with uh, Guns N' Roses. (laughs) The one song... Hey guys, you know any songs about how homework is stupid and parents don't listen? If only they would play it at my favorite arcade! <laughs> over and over and over and over and over and over and over and, and, and over again. And in, uh, what is it, Terminator Salvation, the fourth one, where Edward Furlong mutates into Christian Bale and he's still listening to that Guns N' Roses <laughs> song. He still has that single. And he is going to play it until the day he dies. 
Side A is homework is stupid. Side B is boobs are pretty. <laughs> no, you don't understand. That's his mixtape. When he gets older, he's going to be Star-Lord. <laughs> so, we get a glimpse into the future. It's 2029 AD. I'm glad they pointed that out. It was AD. I like that it's an AD because that means Skynet is still respecting the year of our Lord. <laughs> Good point. No fucking common era in this shit. <laughs> I Anno do, Domini. <laughs> I do appreciate the fact that the robots who've taken over the world right. have still taken Christ into their hearts. Well, that's, that's what Skynet was really fighting against. They put up on all the military personnel, uh, you know, hey, have you heard the good news? And all the generals, uh, no, unplug, close door. <laughs> It's just really aggressive Jehovah's Witnesses. <laughs> right. Would you like to buy a watchtower? Nuke, nuke, <laughs> nuke. So we get a glimpse into the future. Robots have taken over everything. There's flying robots. There's walking robots. There's tank robots. And the humans are fighting back. And it's lasers and explosions and guns. And there's narration that basically explains, if you didn't see the first Terminator movie, hey, the robots sent a robot back in time to kill me when I was uh, pregnant with my son. But then my son from the future sent back his friend. And then he came back and had sex with me. So then I had... My son, so he shouldn't have existed in the future, yeah. but he does. But who cares? Robots blowing stuff up! <laughs> pew, 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 pew. <laughs> Cut to the savior of our human race. Yeah, Budnick from uh, Salute Your Shorts. <laughs> Yeah, in the world's greatest is. mullet. Yes. I, I, I swore I recognized that kid. Oh, you sure did. <laughs> he nicked at night. <laughs> so, unfortunately, Budnick is not our savior. The golden ginger mullet does not save us. Instead, we are in the hands of Edward Furlong, pre-Crowth for Edward Furlong, <laughs> might I... Was that a Stairway to Heaven or City of Angels? Uh, I don't care. <laughs> I think that's the correct answer. I think that is the actual... The Crow for. I, I don't, don't care. care. <laughs> he's 11 years old, I'm assuming, and he's got a sweet moped. And like a sweet half bowl cut. He's like one of the bullies from The Simpsons, like with the hair over his eyes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Guys, that reminds me of a character called Poochie. I don't know if you've heard about this. <laughs> basically, whenever Poochie's not on screen, all the other characters need to ask, where's Poochie? We need to start a new theory called the Rooney Theory. <laughs> yeah, right. That anytime anybody isn't talking about the Poochie Theory, John Rooney has to talk about the Poochie Theory. Oh, guys, I guess that makes me John Rooney. Oh, God. Yeah, we, we discussed All the earlier. jokes. High fives for him. Everyone! For the listeners, no one is high-fiving. <laughs> we find out that John's mom, Sarah Connor, played by Linda Hamilton... Oh is... shit, my mom's Linda Hamilton? <laughs> That's right. Correct, Linda Hamilton Rooney. Sweet! <laughs> she's locked away in a mental institution Aww, in Pescadero. Sweet. Yeah, so... But she's been working out and doing lots of pull-ups, and she's ripped... And uh, stabbing people with pens. Yeah. She is undoubtedly the coolest part of this movie. That's Easy. true. Yeah. Easy. She is amazing in this movie. I mean, she completely rebuilt her body to be like an, a legitimate action hero. Like just muscles yeah. and grit and determination. And she's 
fucking great in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, of course, she's got to escape from the mental institution. I mean, we're just jumping all over the place. Who gives a shit? Because well, <laughs> in, in my mind, this movie starts with the Reservoir motorcycle yeah! chase. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Like, it, it starts on robots shooting people from that video game I played. Yep. And then it cuts to the good parts of the movie. And yeah. I completely forgot how much absolute dead wood is in this movie. There's so much. Like there, I forgot there was a scene where they go to Cyberdyne. <laughs> yeah. And someone's like, hey, where did this robot arm and whatever come from? And then he says, you know what they told me when I asked that? Don't ask that. Which is That's like, it. Yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> Your company's on the level at that point. Sure. That's when Schwarzenegger appears in our world, the main Terminator. Are, and you think at first he's the bad Terminator. Like they try to lead you to believe that he's the bad Terminator, like the first movie. Yeah. And he shows up in the dirtiest truck stop of all time and then walks into a biker bar and begins oh, just how many, staring at people. Yeah, how many clothes is he wearing during this scene? Zero. Oh, it's none. Zero clothes. Yeah. Which actually seems to be a pretty big improvement for the night of most of the patrons of the biker bar. Several of the servers are, like, into it. Most people are pleased to see him. Absolutely no one asks him to leave or put on clothes. Nobody. (laughs) At the most, they're just, like, confused. Sure. He will approach a man and ask for his clothes, his shoes, and his motorcycle. Because a lot of people don't know, but your shoes are not considered part of your clothes. No. That's correct. It is no. a separate, separate thing, thing entirely. Yeah. That's why they do not sell them in clothing stores. You have to go to a shoe shop, That's you right. monster. <laughs> I want to point something out here. A giant Arnold Schwarzenegger, butt naked, standing in a biker bar, demands your clothes, your shoes, and your motorcycle. And this gent steps forward, gets like right up in his face. Yeah. He tell him no. And not only does he tell him no, he takes the cigar from his mouth and puts it out into his chest. And then is shocked when he doesn't immediately die. <laughs> uh, so, so the Terminator just pretty much murders everybody in the bar. Yeah, he, quite handily. He throws one guy across the bar, his face hits a wall, you hear a crack. He throws another guy through a window, he lands on a grill... Yeah, yeah, bad news. And you just see the sizzle, you hear the sizzling. Hey, sell the sizzle, not the steak, or a guy who's in a lot of pain and possibly on fire. No, he's not on fire, because he's got that sweet leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Nothing bad's gonna happen to that leather jacket. <laughs> nope, until the Terminator steals it oh, and no. puts it on. He walks out of the bar. To the bad to the bone plays <laughs> through the bitchin' soundtrack. Yeah. George Thurgood, of course. You pretty much get the impression that Arnold Schwarzenegger showed up at Roadhouse when Patrick Swayze wasn't there. Just took out the trash, he got temp employee, and now he's going on his business. Well, George Thurgood is the poor man's Stevie Ray Vaughan and the seeing man's Jeff Healy. So, I mean, I think that's a, a pretty appropriate thing. Yeah. I'm sorry. It was to all... totally appropriate. That's what it was. I'm sorry to all you Jeff Healy fan out there. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he takes a motorcycle he drives off into the distance and then another naked Terminator shows up this one in the guise of uh, Hollywood superstar Robert Patrick <laughs> now this scene annoys me to my very core <laughs> because here's the thing as I push the glasses to the bridge of my nose <laughs> he's not wearing glasses you don't know that I'm wearing glasses in my heart! (laughs) 
It is established that the only reason the Terminators are covered in living tissue is because inorganic matter is not passable through the time portals. Otherwise, Skynet would just send a nuclear bomb back in time. That way, we actually have a movie. But now, the T-1000, it is explicitly stated, is made 100% of liquid metal. He has no organic skin. This movie is over! <laughs> Except it's only 20 minutes over, and there's still two hours and ten minutes left. Yeah, we have a lot of great action scenes to get to. <laughs> you kind of will get there later. It's weird the things this movie wants you to think about, and the things this movie wants you to aggressively ignore. <laughs> yeah, well, here's what I love. So, you've got Terminator and Terminator 2, and that's the original Terminator canon. Then Terminator 3 comes along, and it's like, oh, what if we put Elton John glasses on the Terminator for a second? That'd, oh, that'd be, be funny. funny. <laughs> and then Terminator Salvation comes along, and it's like, ah, what if Christian Bale just yelled at crew members for no reason? This yeah. sounds great. And then Terminator Genesis came around, and it's like, oh, what if John Connor was a robot? <gasps> and what if he was a robot, you guys? Actually, that, that, that kind of got me. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's what happens in Terminator Genesis. Spoiler alert, Except not later or anything. Except if you've seen a single Terminator trailer for this movie you know that give it away (laughs) and technically he's not a robot he's millions of tiny robots hey isn't doctor who in that movie what a shitty movie (laughs) (laughs) it's really terrible but the thing is like ever since terminator 3 came out internet movie nerds and everything have been like uh they're ignoring all of the science that was put in the first two movies yeah mark they're ignoring all of the science right except james cameron comes out with t2 (laughs) and promptly ignores everything he created in t1 yeah all of it so fuck you nerds (laughs) get mad at james cameron the director of piranha 2 i believe that's correct fresh off his success with the abyss (laughs) Oh, so things happen, people die, there's explosions, and there's a sweet, sweet, sweet fucking fight between the when the two Terminators meet and Edward Furlong, the worst child actor of all time, finally realizes that the main, the Arnold Schwarzenegger is not there to kill him, he's there to save him, and then Robert Patrick shows up, and you're like, hey, isn't that the brother of the lead singer of that band Filter that nobody gives a shit about? And you're like, yeah, he is, that's crazy. Whoa, oh, really? Yeah, you didn't that know that? That is crazy. It is, yeah. <laughs> hey, man, nice shot. I did it. Nah, high fives. No one's high-fiving me. <laughs> then there's a big awesome chase down a reservoir. Although, all that we are... Uh, you know, a lot of people give Tom Cruise credit for making running look cool. That is bullshit. Robert Patrick makes running look so cool. He does, yeah. It is, his running is the desperado of this movie. It's that cool. It's that cool. As he's running down a dirt bike. Yeah. On foot. <laughs> There's a awesome, yeah, a really great chase scene through the reservoir sort of ravine, emptied out a, sluice. A truck yeah. gets decapitated. Yeah. He drives, the T-1000 commandeers a truck, throws the driver out of the door. That driver is dead. He's totally dead. <laughs> drives it off of a bridge. It lands on its face. Keeps driving. Yeah. Because you have to understand, since the, since the T-1000 is pure liquid metal, any machinery he touches... Uh, runs with the same determination he does. <laughs> exactly. I'm glad somebody here put thought into this movie. Because <laughs> well, that thought will come up later when he's a truck again and there's a grenade <laughs> blowing up the engine. 
And the truck is just unfazed by a series of grenades. And it's because the truck is a T-1000 at this point. Sure, okay, alright, great. So the T-1000 is also a Borg? He yeah. assimilates other machinery? Definitely, definitely. Okay, great, awesome. Alright, I nerded it up a little bit. I did it. Congratulations to me. <laughs> Nobody is high-fiving Mark <laughs> yeah, right now. No I didn't ask for any high-fives, so congratulations to me again. The Terminator escapes with Edward Furlong, and this is where we get an in, uh, just an awful dialogue scene between the Terminator and the little boy. A hundred percent of Edward Furlong's dialogue in this, because I refuse to call him John Connor. Correct. A hundred percent of Edward Furlong's dialogue is proclaiming in a crackly voice what he's feeling right now, and then occasionally making up slang words. Uh, or swearing unnecessarily. <laughs> <laughs> they just sit there in this parking lot after this whole thing, and then, like, the Terminator grabs him because he wants to go save his mom, and then he's like, help me, two muscle-bound idiots, and then the Terminator lets him go because he says to let him go. He's like, why'd you do that? You told me to. You have to do what I say. Stand on one foot. I stand on one foot for you. <laughs> and then the two muscle-bound guys show up, and he's like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, Edward Furlong immediately gets drunk on his own <laughs> sense of power. <laughs> And he sends his giant killer robot to kill two innocent people. Yeah. Only to be shocked as he is about to kill those two people. Now we're off to the mental institution. Sarah Connor's trying to proclaim her innocence to her shitty doctor. The doctor who earlier had taken a group of other doctors past her room. Yeah, they were on the tour. To gawk at her. To gawk at her and laugh at her poor mental illness. <laughs> yeah. Like, she thinks robots are going to take over. <laughs> we're here to help her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this psychologist is like fresh off running the sanitarium for Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> She tries to pretend to not believe in the Terminator mythology anymore, and they're like, bullshit, you're here for another six months, you'll never see your kid, ha ha! Then she chokes the doctor out, and it's like, well, that's why you're not getting out, because you're a legitimately violent person. Oh, and then the, the, this whole incident is being recorded, and the psychiatrist turns to the camera for a patented psychiatry zinger. (laughs) I can't remember what it is, because it was so very distasteful. Something about a model citizen. That's exactly what he said. He goes, model citizen, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The boys are going to love this at the Christmas party. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is, and that's a nice camera. It's like a big-ass Betamax, like, broadcast. It's a TV camera. It's a broadcast-quality news camera. It is etching it directly to a laser disc. It's impressive what they're running with at the uh, what else Mercado. are they? What well, else are they, they filming at Pescadero Mental here's Institution? The thing, when you when sell, they need that camera. When you sell tickets to to propaganda for the crazy <laughs> woman, <laughs> you tend to make a lot of money. Is there like a Thunderdome down there? They're making them fight. Or? <laughs> I don't understand. Then there's like the weird orderly that sneaks into her room and while she's sleeping and licks her face. Super gross. And he's super creepy because he looks exactly like the dude from the Buggles <laughs> in the video killed the radio star <laughs> right. with the big dumb glasses. Yeah, yeah. And she's awake. The whole, it's so creepy. And she like spits out the paperclip and lets herself out. And then yeah, she immediately becomes just a total badass. And her well, first. Yeah. We're skipping because what happens here is the cops show up and they, they want to talk to her because they've got pictures of the Terminator back. And they show from 84, they've got black and white pictures of Arnold Schwarzenegger and then to tell us that it's modern day. 
they now have color fish. Oh no! And he's back and he's killing things. And so she she knows she has to break out. And the worst part is, like, the way they're, like, showing these pictures to her, it's not like, do you know anything about this man that might help us solve this crime? It's like, I know you know this man. I know you're responsible. It's also incredibly poorly written. It's just, we know that you know this man. I already told you before this scene started that we have evidence that you've met him. All of all of the non-action scene dialogue in this movie, I guarantee you, came from the idea was like, we're going to write a direct-to-VHS porn film. (laughs) And then someone was like, I'll give you $100 million if you make it an action movie. He's like, great, but I don't want to rewrite the dialogue. (laughs) Right. Just any time we have in the script, then their pants come off, we'll just have an action scene (laughs) instead. No, 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 no. When the script says, and then he penetrated her, that's when you get the the Robert Patrick uh, stab spears. Oh, Oh, yeah. Double entendres. Yeah. Right now, uh, Patrick is getting all the high fives. <laughs> Actually, I'm raking high fives in. That's what that silence was about. <laughs> so they break out of the, uh, Sarah Connor breaks out of her, her cell and goes on a one-woman rampage through the mental institution. And it is just the coolest it's thing. It's so yes. awesome. She, With a billy club. Yeah, she breaks a mop in half and she takes out the shitty face looking orderly, takes his keys, drags him, not into the closet, back into her cell, Locks him in and then just rampages. Takes out guards, finds the doctor. She's gonna put bleach into his neck. Yeah, with a hypo. I think it was a uh, roto rooter, like yeah. a yeah. liquid plumber. She yeah. has in a syringe Ugh. that she's gonna kill him with. Meanwhile, Edward Furlong and the Terminator are breaking in, and this is where we get our first. It's this is kind of like the like you can't kill people. Why? You just can't. Why? Because <laughs> you fucking can! And he just stares at him and doesn't make... I, uh, you do uh, have to remember that the Terminator is essentially a two-year-old. That's, yeah, that's valid. And I he has been made more shitty by future John Connor. <laughs> right, John Connor's a warrior. He's not a computer programmer. Right, and he's like, I'm going to send you back in time when I was the shittiest person I've ever been <laughs> in my life. I better dial you down accordingly so you won't just kill me immediately out of frustration. <laughs> They uh, they shoot a guard in his kneecap. He'll never walk again. But yeah. he'll live. But he'll live. <laughs> he'll live. That's the thing. Is like they get there and like he shoots him right in the kneecap. His patella is exploded. <laughs> He's gonna require extensive surgery. I guarantee you, his insurance doesn't pay for it. He's probably got an oh, HMO. No, come on, his his HMO doesn't cover future robot war crimes. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's bullshit. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> The T-1000 also breaks into Pescadero Mental Institution and disguises himself cleverly as Floor. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's pulling the Frighteners gag. That's right, yeah, of course. On a security (laughs) officer whose shape he takes. And and then promptly puts a giant finger needle right through his face. That security guard's only crime was winning a free cup of coffee. (laughs) He did get to go out on the top, though. He was he could not have been happier to win a free I, cup of coffee and from I, the vending machine. I love the that like the 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 on the nose dialogue. Is like, oh, must be my lucky day. Stab dead. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, he wrote like he wrote like he pulls it out. He looks at cup. He wins a free coffee. Stab dead. And then he was like, no, wait, there's got to. I'm missing something. <laughs> wait a minute. 
this must be my lucky day. I did it! <laughs> Just like confetti blowing up in his house. I assume James Cameron has confetti guns to go off whenever he writes a great line or something. He's got a, a key on his custom keyboard that just says boss key. <laughs> that's, that's the only key he ever pressed to write the entire script for Avatar. Sarah Connor runs into the regular Terminator. She's freaking out because she thinks regular Terminators come to kill her. In so much the best acting in the whole movie. It really now. is, yeah. Like, like, she sells this moment. It's yeah. a big moment. It's a great acting moment. Then she gets taken down by the other orderlies. Then the Terminator, the real Terminator comes, and he promptly murders the orderlies. He doesn't technically murder them, quote fingers, but he throws one's face through glass. Yeah. He's dead. He throws one, like, his head into a wall and you hear the neck crack he did the lady with her cast hits him in the face arm broken he pushes her away so much violence against women in this movie and then he takes her come with me if you want to live looks right like in the first movie yeah yeah and they, they make sure to pause on him after he say it so you know that it's exactly from the first movie now say I'll be back not, <laughs> not yet to, not to later no. He drags her away just as the T-1000 walks through the bars at them. In that scene that you all remember. Yeah, it's one of the scenes that everybody remembers. Yeah. <laughs> but I bet a scene that not a lot of people remember is just Budnick going, No, no, it's gay. <laughs> That's high quality Budnick acting. <laughs> or, or when the T-1000 stops two little girls in the middle of the street... Do you know this boy? <laughs> yeah, he was here 15 minutes ago. <laughs> One of those little girls was Nikki Cox, by the way. Las Vegas's Nikki Cox. <laughs> Unhappily ever after's Nikki Cox. What's amazing is this movie, the, the stuff that's good is so good that yeah. we just watched it and in the retelling are forgetting all the shitty parts of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I already yeah, remember it as starting at the Reservoir Chase scene. Yeah. <laughs> They, they escape the place and they stop at this abandoned gas station that doesn't appear to have like a place to pay. It's just three garage doors and that's it? Yeah, and one flickering light. But it does have a bunch of new clothes, a new working car, and all of the medical supplies you would need to <laughs> dig like tools. 40 bullets out of Arnold Schwarzenegger's back and sew up Linda <laughs> Hamilton's like massive Natalie Portman scar. And rubbing alcohol too to sanitize the wound. Absolutely. And it's this a gold mine, really, of an abandoned gas station. And they just pulled in. It was the first place they saw, too. Yeah, right? like, how lucky is and that? they're there overnight and into the morning, and no one comes to work ever. <laughs> yeah, no one comes to work. No one comes to get gas. <laughs> no one stops in. They're just like, ah, I need a candy bar or coffee or something <laughs> no, like that. No. It's in the middle of nowhere. There's got to be truckers somewhere trying to pick up a late-night burger or something. Oh, we'll get to the truckers later. <laughs> <laughs> The, the the other thing about that scene is when you find out like that's where like you get all the backstory on the Terminator because the kids just interrogating him is like do you like learn things do you like get smarter do you feel pain <laughs> you also it's just oh but then Edward Furlong tries uh, hope against hope to teach the Terminator how to love. <laughs> The Terminator sees him cry, and uh, he says, I don't understand why you do that. And Edward Furlong says, well, it's like we're sad. It's like there's nothing wrong with us, but we still hurt. Shut up. That's not what <laughs> sadness is, you garbage person from Planet Shithole. I love that, because the kid, he says, it's like, it's like when there's nothing wrong with you, but you're still hurt. Do you know what I mean? It's like, no, nobody knows what you mean. That's not a real, 
explanation of sadness. <laughs> You're not even properly interpreting human emotions. <laughs> oh man! So they 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 leave the thing and just start driving out into the middle of the desert, the desert. and to go meet where Enrique. the movie takes a big no. long break. <laughs> the, movie. the movie takes a smoke break in the middle of itself. This is an important point though, because at this point you're learning, or you have learned that John Connor has amassed a series of really like weird survivalist skills yeah. over the course of his life that his mom has been teaching him and there's been a bunch of father figures that have helped teach him. So you kind of think that Sarah Connor's been raising John Connor in a variety of white supremacist camps. (laughs) But at this point, we're saved because she goes to get her series of completely illegal uh, military arsenal weapons and trucks and bombs. And she gets them from a delightful Mexican family. So there's no racism going on here at all. Just for the record. She immediately offers her uh, tequila... And yeah. has a big old sun hat on. Yeah. They, they live you know, in a bus. bus. No, they live in a series of rusted out buses. Several buses that are all <laughs> organized around a rusted out Huey. <laughs> yeah, it's real uncomfortable. Yeah, hey, and- but they're not neo-Nazis, damn it. <laughs> this could have been so much worse. <laughs> So they got this weird underground bunker full of guns and like thousands of guns, a minigun, a grenade launcher, many automatic weapons. Yeah, the the Terminator picks the prettiest ones. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Only the prettiest guns get to go to the Terminator prom. (laughs) He's Mr. Universe, damn it. And it's at this point that we get a, a little narration, a little narration, which hasn't happened since the beginning of the movie. It's an hour and twenty minutes into the movie, and all of a sudden, it's like, "Hey, remember how we talked a little bit over the pictures before? We're doing it again." <laughs> it's like the movie is pulling up a backwards chair and just saying, "Hey, audience, let's wrap for a second. <laughs> Turned its cap around. It turns out peer pressure is the real judgment day. <laughs> the more you know." We're going to take this break so that Sarah Connor can have her nightmare. And that is pretty much, she runs to a fence overlooking an L.A. playground watching a bunch of children play. And then a nuclear bomb goes off. And then she clutches the fence while she reenacts the guy from that, like, old Bose speakers commercial. (laughs) Except she catches on fire and all of her flesh burns off. I will say, it is it is a really memorable scene, and it really does drive home the stakes that they're fighting against, but it just it takes so long to get to that scene. <laughs> right, because we have There to- is so much of Edward Furlong repairing a car with his Terminator best friend, talking about how, like, hey, you ever get the feeling you're alone in the world? Shut up! <laughs> I am a robot machine! <laughs> hey, you don't say affirmative, you say... No problemo! <laughs> Nobody says that! <laughs> and if you really want to cheese someone on, you say, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> Nobody ever in the history of the world, before or since, has ever said that. <laughs> People who speak Spanish don't say it. <laughs> Sarah Connor escapes, she just decides to black ops it. Why wasn't this the whole movie? Right? It is so cool! I'm pretty sure that they actually take that outfit back for Julianne Moore at the beginning of uh, Hannibal when she does the Baltimore raid. Oh, oh yeah. yeah! The green pants, the black tank top, the commie hat, the uh, vet, the tactical vest. Yeah, yeah. black sunglasses. Yeah, the whole thing. And she leads a one-woman raid on Miles Dyson's house. He Miles the, Dyson's suburban home. He is the future inventor of Skynet. 
Yeah, he is the guy who's working with the leftover Terminator arm and chip from the first Terminator movie, and his research will eventually lead to the creation of Skynet. And so Sarah Connor, gonna kill him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gonna kill him good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And what happens? In his house in front of his wife and child. Yeah, right. And so basically now we get a scene of three white people assaulting a family of black people. And everything we learned from that Mexican family scene is right back out the window. Yeah. It's real rough. Yep. It's we're just really uncomfortable. Well, welcome to 1991 Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> But she doesn't manage to kill him. She just shoots him in the back and then decides that perhaps they should talk first. <laughs> yeah. She know. does she does have like a real breakthrough. Like yeah. this is her immersion therapy. <laughs> yeah. She's confronted the embodiment of her fears. She's learned something about herself that she's not a killer. She's put she a still has her shoulder. humanity. But it hasn't fixed the real problem. <laughs> Peer pressure is the real problem, Patrick. <laughs> And now you know, and knowing is half the battle. And now you cannot cut out that whole bit, or this won't make sense. I stay in the episode! <laughs> the Terminator, then, to prove that he's a Terminator, takes the skin off of his arm. Oh god, but first, he just, from the point of view of this, of, of this family, sure. it's just a giant... Austrian white guy cutting his arm emotionlessly making eye contact the whole time. There is no reason not to think that this will end radically differently. And this is where the movie fucking picks up. Yeah, and it is yeah. action from here on out. The rest of the way. They they stroll into the laboratory, they beat up a guard and duct tape him to a duct tape him to a sink. Edward Furlong decides he's gonna hack their sophisticated security protocols. You gotta understand, he's got a main line to the Gibson. He's gonna get through the back door of that mainframe. <laughs> yep, yeah, and he's gonna do that whole thing you just said from hackers. With, <laughs> with Watch the, out, acid burn! <laughs> You'll never make it on time. With literally, he has a credit card that's tied to like one of those old printer coils. <laughs> yeah, it's like three inches wide, and it goes to some shitty little uh, Atari keyboard, like Commodore sixty four, practically. But he's taking that security system down. He takes the whole thing down. They find the arm. They find the chip. The entire LAPD shows up. Yep. And that's when mayhem occurs. They set up three giant, I'm assuming, fertilizer bombs? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just like yeah. big giant yellow barrels of bomb with a dead man switch. Yeah. <laughs> and that dead man switch is quickly put to the test when the, when the LAPD and SWAT show up and shoot Miles Dyson about 65 times. Oh, yeah. man, he gets so killed. Yeah. He gets it's, killed real bad. Oh, boy. Like, Southside Chicago cop bad. Yeah, it's yeah. real bad. It's rough. And he's still alive. He lives just long enough for everyone to escape and for the cops to walk up, and then that shit blows up. The it whole really building. It, it's it awesome. is a really cool explosion. It's a great explosion. It yeah. really is. I don't remember if this is before or after the Terminator kicks a desk through the window yep. and uses his minigun to destroy all the cop cars. All the cop cars. But that's also real good. That's yep. after because the bomb only takes out like the floor and they've uh, like gone up above it. And uh, the best part about the minigun though, despite the fact that he shoots up a good 20 cars, is uh, the helicopter that's watching them goes, oh fuck, he has a minigun! And then yeah. they fly away. <laughs> yeah. They just leave! Which is definitely what I would do if a man showed up with a minigun. Which it really raises the question why is that helicopter there 
It seems it seems its only purpose is to be taken over by another person. Yeah. It has no weaponry. Nope, it has one officer in it. Yep. Yeah. It has, I guess, a spotlight? Yep. But they already have floodlights around the perimeter. They don't need this. Well, you know what? They were playing right into the terrorist handbook. Oh, no! <laughs> At this point, the Terminator will go outside, shoot everyone in the LAPD in the knee. Yeah. <laughs> he shoots, like, 20 guys in the kneecaps. He steals he- a paddy wagon and drives... Drives it back into the building to get the Connors out. But no, honestly, look, so there's at least 20, 21 people in this movie who just get shot in kneecaps. Yeah. The next day in the hospital, there's going to be like, why are we doing so many patella reconstructions? <laughs> What's happening? Well, and the headline in the newspaper is going to be escaped mental convict yeah. and her family go on a kneecap shooting rampage <laughs> through Los Angeles. Robot involvement, question mark? No, parentheses, exclamation point. And then the next page, the headline, the little thing is going to be, it's a smaller story, of course, it'll be not enough cadaverous ACL tendons to train. <laughs> Transplant into injured cops. Below that, new Guns N' Roses, three stars. Good news, Axl Rose, still cool. The T-1000 shows up. He drives his motorcycle, his sweet new motorcycle, into the building. Properly drives it out the second floor, grabs onto a helicopter. Oh, so cool. Headbutts his way into the helicopter and then throws that guy no, out of the helicopter. He gives that pilot a choice. He says, get out. And the pilot thinks to himself, I have agency over the last moment of my That's life. True. And I am going to go out jumping. And here's the thing that I don't think I can forgive the movie for. They did not use a Wilhelm scream. <laughs> <laughs> It is the closest thing to a balcony kill in the entire film. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and then there's this crazy, awesome... Awesome. Uh, uh, ...chase where it's a low-flying helicopter going under bridges, over bridges, chasing this truck, and they're just firing guns out the window, and John is apparently... Oh, we do have the greatest sound effect in cinematic history, which oh, is course. the... Oh, <laughs> ...of the grenade launcher. Oh, it is yeah. so satisfying all the time. <laughs> He shoots that grenade launcher right into somebody's back. Into two people's backs. Yeah, into their spine. They they're... don't get to walk ever again. Nope. No, they're dead. <laughs> or, or if they're not dead, like they have no quality of life. They're Thanks, gonna... Edward Furlong. You said don't kill, but you also didn't say, make sure you leave them with a reasonable quality of life yeah. when we're done protecting them from Judgment Day, you garbage person! So... There's a great chase. The helicopter slams into the back yeah, of the no, truck. Now, no. Arnold Schwarzenegger clearly has seen Top Gun, like that's in sure. the files, and so he pulls the Maverick, slams on the brakes. That's right. The helicopter can't pull up in time, slams into the back of the paddy wagon, which is completely fucking indestructible. Like, yeah. That thing takes no damage from a helicopter hitting the back of it, and it does blow out a tire. Yeah, it does blow out a tire and flip on its side, and then it's unusable. Couldn't the giant, super strong robot guy have flipped the Get car back up? Back yeah. up? <laughs> And then just driven it? I don't understand. <laughs> I'm sorry. Listen, it's let's just, not get Mark, caught up in the uh, plot holes in this movie. Mark was actually making eye contact with me as if I knew the answer. Answer me, John! I don't know! Why don't you know? Consult why? Do you know why I cry? <laughs> I will learn. They steal a little... 
A gardening truck. It's a gardening truck with like a chicken coop on the back. With a house on the back. (laughs) It's very odd. Where I assume the gardener lives. (laughs) One imagines. And the T-1000 steals a giant liquid nitrogen truck. (laughs) From the liquid nitrogen factory. Sure, down in the liquid nitrogen district. (laughs) Yeah, down the whole nitro district. (laughs) And they, they have a nice sweet chase and they drive right into steel. Yeah. <laughs> L.A. known for its steel foundries. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's in the little Pittsburgh area of L.A. <laughs> Definitely. So, Definitely. <laughs> where the Terminator gets one last shot. And they finally take out the big liquid nitrogen truck. It spills liquid nitrogen all over the place. The T-1000 gets out, and he's still coming. He's still coming. That's real cool. Uh, and he's slowly being frozen by the liquid nitrogen. His feet are just getting stuck to the ground. He's just... <laughs> And then finally his foot breaks off, and then his other foot breaks off, and then he goes down to steady himself with his hand, and his hand breaks off, and he's very confused. Yeah. (laughs) Because science is for nerds, and I never learned what liquid nitrogen is. (laughs) This this robot, this robot they sent back is smart enough, it knows how to drive any automobile, it knows how to instinctively use police computers from... 30 years ago, it can do all these things. It can imitate anything it wants, but it doesn't know what liquid nitrogen is. It didn't. And that it would be harmful to its liquid metal body. <laughs> it didn't go to sixth grade science class. <laughs> nope. We've been over this. Where else would it have learned? <laughs> if you don't dip the rubber ball in the liquid nitro and throw it at the classroom wall, you have no idea what's about to happen to poor Robert Patrick. <laughs> Oh, you mean Robert, the bad guy from Double Dragon, Patrick? Oh, shit. <laughs> That's right. Yep, with his awesome blonde pompadour. <laughs> That's a thing, unfortunately. So the, the Terminator finally takes his shot, his awesome kill shot on the T-1000, and he finally puts to use the great catchphrase that Edward Furlong taught him. I'll be back? Nope. God damn it. He says, hasta la vista. Now say get to the chopper. No, he doesn't. No. Hasta la vista, baby. He shoots him and the T-1000 explodes into hundreds of thousands of pieces. And it's so cool. It's really cool. However, Arnold Schwarzenegger is putting another magazine in his pistol as to suggest this movie's not quite over yet. No. (laughs) There's still at least 30 minutes left. (laughs) Clever viewers will observe that the movie is still happening. (laughs) (laughs) And they just stand there while they watch... The T-1000's tiny pieces melt and begin to reform, and he's like, we don't have much time. Let's watch it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, it is like all this like liquid mercury, like... Z- I mean, it's... Yeah, no, it's totally it's, cool. It's like, super cool. It. It's yeah. very mesmerizing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you would think that the killer robot who's seen this thing before and knows what's happening, knows that it's not dead, would have been like, all right, I understand that it's cool, but we really have to be going now. <laughs> He escorts them away at the very last second, as the T-1000 reconstitutes, and instead of carrying the wounded Sarah Connor, she got shot during the chase, and the little kid, he just props her up and slows everybody down? What an asshole! (laughs) What a fucking asshole robot! Garbage robot! At this point, he's just choosing not to. So, they all end up, he, he, they split up, and... 
the T-1000 kills the Terminator by ripping his, getting his arm ripped off in a gear, and it's awesome, and then the Terminator throws him against a wall, and his face is in the wall, and then it just comes out of his back, and they fight more, <laughs> There's a really awesome. sweet hand-to-hand combat where Terminator punches T-1000 through the face, but then T-1000, like, morphs around him. Yeah. The, like, there's a lot of there's really good, good stuff, stuff Good it. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, and the effects for it, I mean, it's clearly 1991, but for 1991, it's pretty great. It's yeah, all yeah. better than Green Lantern. True, true. <laughs> and that's from, like, 2014. He kills the Terminator by putting a big stick through him, which... There was another time where the script called for penetrating. Yeah. Well, that and that is the only way to properly kill a Terminator, is to wreath it in garlic and then put a stake through yeah. its heart. Yeah, right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's how you to kill be fair, To be fair, much like he stole most of the first Terminator movie from Harlan Ellison, he did steal the death of the, of the Terminator in Terminator 2 from the death of Robocop from the first Robocop. <laughs> <laughs> Robocop takes a giant stick through himself. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah, and then he dies and then comes back to life like the Terminator does. So, way to go, James Cameron. You have no original thoughts. <laughs> um, sue me. Find me, oh, James Cameron. Oh, I'm here. I'm oh, waiting for you. Yeah, find Mark Rosenthal. <laughs> Only. <laughs> I challenge you to a fight, James Cameron. <laughs> of the wits. <laughs> and anyway, so then there's this big fight and Sarah Connor goes... Fucking goat, man. She goes ham all over the T-1000. It's incredibly satisfying. Again, anytime Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor does anything in this movie, you want the whole movie to just be about her doing True. things. Oh, so good. She got that pump-action shotgun, that tactical shotgun, and just click, click, bam, one hand cocking it. Yeah. Pumps five giant rounds into him. Almost has him on the precipice to fall into the molten steel. And then she runs out of bullets. Yeah. Because, look, it, the movie's not called Sarah Connor. It's called Terminator. Right. Terminator's getting the kill. <laughs> and he's riding up on a grain elevator. He, yeah, he rides up on a grain elevator that's for some reason in a steel mill. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, how else are they going to get their grain up to higher <laughs> levels, idiots? At just the right time to put a grenade directly into Robert Patrick, turning him into a giant the letter C with legs. <laughs> Making dinosaur sounds as it dies. Yeah. <laughs> he will fall into a huge molten lava pit. Because they keep those at steel foundries. Yeah. Right. And then turn into everybody that he had turned into throughout the course of the movie. Yeah. Because we've got digital effects money left to burn. Let's burn them now. <laughs> That's a little bit Shang Tsung though, right? All the souls are coming out of him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that makes sense. The day is saved. Everyone is good. Judgment day is averted. Great. What is movie. it? Oh, no. There's still a chip left. Guys, what if John Connor was a robot? God damn it, John. We've been over this. <laughs> He's not a robot yet. Not until way down the line. Yeah, we got like three movies on that. It could be uh, the Terminator's arm that's left behind. Oh, no. But no, nobody ever mentions that again. Oh, no, good. It's never mentioned in any other Terminator thing from here on out. No, it's the Terminator himself. He uh, he says he needs a vacation because he's now spent enough time with humans to learn humor. Yeah. He knows jokes now. And he has Sarah Connor lower him into the pit. But not before he says to John Connor, I know now why you cry. Oh, man. <laughs> now say, take that, Predator. Right? Predator's not in this movie, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been a movie, man. Predator versus Terminator. Yeah. My money my money is all on Predator. In that oh, definitely. That'd be an awesome movie. Oh, all yeah. right, guys, scrap this podcast. <laughs> Let's get the writing pencils out. Let's get this done.
So- Smash cut to Predator versus Terminator. <laughs> so the Predator gets lowered into the into the lava. And just before he, or steel, or whatever the goo is, it looks kind of like that Orange Mountain Dew. It is. And Mostly Orange he, Mountain Dew. Just before he's completely melted, he gives John Connor the thumbs up yeah. to let him know, hey, buddy, everything's going to be okay, <laughs> except for the fact that soon you're going to become Nick Stahl, and then you're going to marry Claire, da- uh, uh, Claire Danes, and then you're going to get Judgment Day can't be averted. I knew this, but it doesn't matter. <laughs> And then you're gonna turn into Christian Bale, and it's gonna be gross. And you're gonna have a best friend who turns out to be a robot, and he's gonna give you his heart, and so you live. And, and then, then you're gonna be a robot. And then you're gonna be a robot, and you're gonna send your dad back again to bone your mom, but this time you don't need to because she's already had you or something. I don't know. It's weird. Oh, uh, spoilers. <laughs> oh yeah, there spoilers you go. by the way. <laughs> and. There we go, ladies and gentlemen. That's the end of Terminator. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back with bullet points. Bullet points! And we start our bullet points the only way we can start bullet points with body count. Body counts. John, what do you think the body count for this movie is? So I'm going to say right off the bat, not knowing what the official body count is, that mine is going to be much higher because I think they have a very loose definition of confirmed kills in this movie. Uh, I'm going to say all of the orderlies are dead. So that's about 12 people. I'm going to say at least 40 cops died. And I'm going to say that somebody had to have died in that freeway chase. I'm going to put it at about 63. Patrick, what's your body count? I also have to agree that uh, anytime somebody's head reaches concrete, that they probably died. And I'm going to guess that at least two of those children that got handily shoved in the arcade probably bounced <laughs> off something pretty brutally. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with 80. The confirmed body count for Terminator 2 Judgment Day. 53. And here's the other crazy part. 47 of those are only in the movie. The other six are in pictures shown from Terminator 1. (laughs) (laughs) This movie's not done killing yet. (laughs) Although that Terminator run racks up six extra kills. (laughs) Eight years after its release. All right. So we've settled body count and we are moving on now to best kill. Patrick, what's the best kill? Now, I know this happens a lot when Jason, or when Robert Patrick goes to uh, <clears throat> turn his hand into a sort of sword spear and shove it through somebody's face. But I think my favorite of those is uh, John Connor's stepdad. Because not only does Foster he, dad. Foster dad. Foster dad. Because not only does he get the sword spear through the face, it goes through the carton of milk that he was drinking. <laughs> and I like that because that's like classic 90s asshole drinking milk right out of the carton. <laughs> really just puts the point on what a piece of shit that guy was. John, best kill. Oh, man. Patrick fucking stole mine, <laughs> you asshole. <laughs> um, 
You know what? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be when the truck driver gets thrown out of the truck <laughs> on the freeway because it's done with such callous, such unfeeling callous. <laughs> it's it's never remarked upon. It, it expresses the fleeting mortality that we're all confronted with on a daily basis. That man was just trying to put food on his table, provide for his family. He had no grander play in politics. He just voted with his conscience. He tried to tried to do the best he could with what he had. He got up for work that day and he's like, you know what? Today's going to be my day. No, 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 no. This guy's like in his 50s white driving a truck in L.A. He's a Trump voter. (laughs) Oh, then fuck that guy. He's double my favorite kill now. I'm angry he didn't get run over. (laughs) Mark, what's your favorite kill? Uh, my best kill of the movie, I think I'm going to have to give it to Budnick <laughs> in the arcade. Because the T-1000 comes to him and says, have you seen this kid? And he's like, no, man, never seen him. And then he walks over to Edward Furlong, who's playing Afterburner, sweet game, and tells him that this cop is checking out for him. He sees him, he's like, run away, man. I'll take care of it. He gets in the way of the T-1000, who's already... Just marauding his way, throwing children left and right in this arcade. He's like, hey man, I think I saw that kid. The T-1000 takes his head and just throws him off frame. I'm assuming his head is going right into an arch rival's cabinet and he is dead. He's bleeding all over ice hockey or the Captain America and the Avengers or the six-player X-Men game or who knows what. But that kid's dead. He's saluting his shorts in heaven now. He'll never meet Donkey Lips. Camp Anawana, we hold you in our hearts. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next bullet point. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot which one it was. Uh, war crimes? Yes. I think it's All war right. crimes. <laughs> moving on to our next bullet point. War crimes! <laughs> War crimes. <laughs> Patrick! War crimes! <laughs> um, uh, you know, I, there are a couple there. I think one, spilling a huge tanker truck of liquid nitrogen into a union workplace. Yeah. It's got to be one of them. That at least goes against an OSHA regulation somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. And I feel like whatever had to be done in order to steal a Huey... And then fill an un- a, a train container underground with ammo and weapons. Like, that's got to be a war crime. Oh, yeah, especially because most of those crates of ammo at, say army on, on them. them. <laughs> Despite the fact that these people don't even have the, the dignity to wear haphazard surplus army fatigues. Nope, nope, they're too busy living in rusted out buses. John, war crimes! <laughs> Uh, it's definitely going to be when the Terminator gasses the LAPD <laughs> outside of Cyberdyne and then and then removes their gas masks. I still can't get over this. That is biological chemical weapon occurring on U.S. soil against civilians and then not giving them quarter. Yeah, none. Oh, that is against all the conventions. <laughs> Mark, war crimes! 
Uh, my war crime is the destruction of Cyberdyne Systems. <laughs> that is a giant multinational corporation. It's probably traded on like the S and P or whatever that Japanese one is, the the Nasdaq or whatever. You know the what I'm talking about. The one that Bane robs in Dark Knight Rises. Exactly. They, they blow it up with three fertilizer palms, <laughs> yeah. three giant yellow jugs of shit, and TNT, and they blow the fuck out of it. That is definitely a war crime. <laughs> At the very least, it's going to be covered up maybe as industrial espionage. <laughs> At best. Yeah. Microsoft is getting a huge boost from that. <laughs> and that brings us to our final bullet point of the evening. Is this an action movie? Is this an action movie? John, is this an action movie? This is a great premise for an amazing video game. (laughs) Uh, And it is heartbreaking. And you know what? That's the true war crime, that there has been no truly great T2 video game. Yeah. There was the the on-rail arcade shooter was pretty good, but that uh, was just the future war. Yep, yep. There were those LJN shit shows on uh, the uh, SNES and the NES. Uh, and I, sub-war crime, I just called it the SNES, and I hate myself. <laughs> I'm going to go drink away my sorrows later yeah, tonight. Fair enough. <laughs> Patrick, is this an action movie? Uh, yes, but I'll say that the, the the parts of this movie that are an action movie are perhaps amongst the best action movies ever. The parts of this movie that are a rewriting of the Iron Giant are really <laughs> fucking terrible, like just unbearable. And unfortunately, that's that's the majority of the movie. A little bit. There is this weird like. Uh... Edward Furlong, the chip isn't in my head. The chip was in you, you the whole time. <laughs> it is about this shitty little 11-year-old learning to love through a robot. Yeah. Mark, is this an action movie? Yeah. Reluctantly, I have to say it is. The action that's in this movie, again, it's so good. And when the movie gets going, it's pulse-pounding nonstop, very thrilling action. But yeah, there is an at least an hour of 30 minutes in this movie that is just just like meh I don't care and it breaks my heart cuz I loved this movie until tonight <laughs> yeah if you I had if, I, and I feel like we're committing some great sacrilege cuz this is considered like one of the great action movies of all time and we're just shitting all <laughs> over it and I feel terrible I used to love this movie and now it's just like eh if you told me from yesterday that I was going to like Desperado more than I was going to like Terminator 2, I would have thrown you through a brick wall. Yeah! You monster. We would have been fighting, yeah, exactly. But that's exactly what happened. Oh, yeah. I can't, I, it, it's, it's, it blows my mind. It blows my mind that a movie that I remember watching over and over and over and over again that I loved... Watching it now, I was just like, I'd rather watch True Lies. Oh god! Whoa! What if What if we're in the Matrix, and what if the Matrix doesn't hold up either? Oh no! <laughs> All right. So, John, your final review of T two. My final review of T two. You know what? I started by having uh, a certain number of Terminators in the molten lava, but I would like to amend that mostly because I can't remember it because that was too long ago for my brain. Of course, I don't have a chip in my head, Edward Furlong. <laughs> uh, I am going to give it three flaming into the molten lava thumbs up and one. Uh, nope. <laughs> 
Cut that out. I ran out of road on that joke. I give it three flaming thumbs up in the molten lava. (laughs) Okay. Patrick, what's your final review of Terminator 2, Judgment Day? This is the single greatest Guns N' Roses music video this side of November Rain. Oh, thank you for qualifying. (laughs) This side of November Rain. Oh my God, when they ruin that cake, it's amazing. (laughs) There's a church in the desert for no reason, and Slash plays on a mesa. It's awesome. He's jamming so hard. But, I mean, this is a really close second as far as Guns N' Roses music videos go. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. Uh, Mark, your final review on Terminator 2. It just makes me sad <laughs> that I used to love this movie so much, and now I'm just kind of like, it's an alright movie. It's still better than Avatar, so that's good. But, ugh. Ugh. My whole, all of my childhood was ruined. It's like, okay, Mark. Your heart will go on from the abyss. <laughs> Other James Cameron movies that I can't think of right now. Right. You said the name of one of them. It's the abyss. God, I hate you so much. You terrible rat bastard. You are the garbage pail kids, the movie of people. I hate you. In the words of James Cameron, I don't give a shit what you think, idiot. <laughs> well, that, my, that's it from Body Counts and Beer this week. I am Mark Rosenthal. I am Patrick Bromley. And I am the Terminator sent back in time by one John Rooney. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Good night. Body Counts and Beer is Patrick Hunter Killer Bromley, John T-800 Rooney, and Mark T-1000 Rosenthal. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Body Count Cast, and subscribe to us on iTunes and SoundCloud.